heart to build your business, and now it's time to grow. Welcome to the Multiply Your Success Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Dufour, CEO of Big Sky Franchise Team and a serial entrepreneur. And the purpose of our podcast is to give you a weekly dose of inspiration and education to help you multiply your success. And as we open the show today, the question is, have you ever failed at something only to shortly thereafter have a breakthrough moment? Or maybe you've been trying to accomplish a goal or, or something that's been on your uh, goal list or bucket list for a long time, and then finally that idea or that aha moment hits you. Well, today's guest, Vincent James, shares with us how he's had several of these moments and where he went from a failed music teacher to building a national franchise brand in just three years, and then he built and grew and is now running a, a national nonprofit business. It's just an incredible story, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. My name is Vincent James, and I'm the co-founder and president of a national nonprofit, Keep Music Alive, uh, with a mission to help more kids and adults reap the educational, therapeutic, and social benefits of playing music. Great. I love, and I love what you're doing. I've been so excited to have you on. I've been a musician pretty much my whole life, and uh, cool. albeit an probably average to below average musician, primarily a vocalist, uh, but <laughs> I, I, love, I love music, and my kids are all involved in music right now. And so it's a, it's a big part of our life. So, and I love what you're doing. Uh, however, where I'd like to start is how did you get into this music business and helping kids get excited about music? Where did that come from? What's well, funny, you got to go way, way back, Tom. You know, I've bounced around in a lot of things, as you probably read from my little bio that I said. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been involved in music pretty much my whole life uh, as a part time passion everything from a songwriter to managing bands to being the artist myself and releasing you know cds to radio stations across the country and got a little bit of chart success uh, working in a recording studio and co-owning a studio at one point and then i wrote custom love songs for people through another website i have for a number of years and then you know i had a friend who had a business of uh, cleaning finishing refinishing wood floors and, you know, he was getting really successful with it in this local area and he wanted to branch out and he was getting ready to open up his first office outside his home. So I, you know, I walked away from my full-time technical job. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> Let's, <laughs> I really like, he was the person who was actually had been helping me with my music career on the side. So I thought, you know, let me, let me jump in with, with him and see, you know, what this is about. And that started a three-year journey of, you know, we've opened up the first location, you know, outside his home. And by the time I left three years later, there were over 50 franchises in uh, the U.S. and Canada and, and continuing to grow. And it was just a whirlwind experience of, you know, number one. First of all, I didn't know anything about wood floors. They've <laughs> 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 been under our rugs, you know, the whole time here. Uh, but, you know, I learned a little bit about that. You know, I learned about I basically helped to run the office, create the office, create the back end, create the website. You know, all the little things, you, you know. As you know, when you start out and you're the franchisor or any company, you know, you wear all these different hats. I basically did everything except for do the wood floors. <laughs> I don't think they trusted me. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> but, you know, that was like a whirlwind experience. And then, you know, after three years, you know, I enjoyed it. 
And I elected to walk away and kind of go back towards what my passion was, which was music. And I bounced around different musical ideas. And then one day, you know, you ask how I got into this. Uh, I was drawn to a teleseminar about how everyone has a book inside them that they need to write. And honestly, Tom, I never thought I would ever write a book about anything because I didn't consider myself an expert on anything. You know, I was a so-so engineer. I was a so-so musician. You know, you bounce around with so many things, you know, you just don't feel like you're an expert at it. But I was drawn to that uh, training. And in that, it's when I was kind of hit by a bolt of lightning. Well, what about a book of inspirational stories of how music changes people's lives? I'm like, wow, I wouldn't actually have to, I wouldn't have to write anything. I just gather the stories, edit them, and publish it. And that's kind of where this whole music education advocacy journey began with publishing our first book, 88 Ways Music Can Change Your Life, back in June of 2015. And then shortly after that, I got a crazy idea. You know, there should be a holiday. There should be a week where everybody, musicians everywhere, you, me, everyone we know, you know, offers a free lesson to someone else who's interested in learning. You know, hey, you know, Johnny, I've been seeing you play the guitar and I really like that. And I've always wanted to learn. Well, take them up on it and actually, you know, put the guitar in their hands and kind of get them started. And that's how Teach Music Week began in, I think, March of 2016. And maybe it was 15. It's a little fuzzy. <laughs> and a little while after that, we ran into a gal who was doing something called Kids Yoga Day. I'm like, kids yoga day that's really cool i wonder if there's a kids music day you know we're feverishly looking you know googling no such thing well there is now and then we over time with the last six seven years we've built up and now partner with over a thousand music schools music stores and other music organizations to offer free lessons to new students for teach music week and for kids music day they hold various special events that either benefit or celebrate kids playing music from instrument petting zoos, kids open mics, student performances, uh, instrument donation drives, anything they can dream up, we support it. And we reach out to the media and get them talking about it with the whole purpose of driving back to getting more people excited and interested about wanting to play music. And it's all because we know what the benefits are. And it's just been a whirlwind these last six, seven years. That's an incredible, inspiring story. And when when you're describing that, something stood out when you said an instrument petting zoo. So what is an <laughs> instrument petting zoo? What the heck is that? I have to say, you know, we get all, we, we have some funny looks when we, when we first tell people when we do these instrument petting zoos. And we only recently learned about this, I'd say about three years ago. Someone else had the idea. This is where we bring in guitars, ukuleles keyboards, dozens of different percussion types of percussion instruments into like a library, into a classroom, into a, like a festival, any environment will, where they'll have us, where families can come in and get the kids can put their hands on musical instruments, sometimes for the very first time. Uh, and we have volunteers that come in, teaching artists that show them how to hold the guitar, how to put the pick in their hand, how to strum, you know, how to, you know, listen, listen to what it sounds like if you put a little bit of distortion on, isn't that really cool? And you, you start to see their eyes light up, you know, and they're like, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, when, you know, I, I want this. I want to start doing this somehow, some way. And we try to get them started. So that's part of our advocacy mission of just getting kids and adults, you know, sometimes adults come over and like for the first time they're sitting down at the keyboard, like, you know, I always wanted to play the piano. I'm like, you know, I don't care how old you are. You know, my one guitar student wasn't, didn't start learning to play guitar until he was 80 years young. So it's <laughs> never too late. That's incredible. And so, so you, as you described, you, you were a musician, you tried it, you, 
grew a franchise company, which, you know, that's what our audience is doing, which is amazing. They're they're in many cases either starting uh, to franchise their business or right. maybe they have already franchised and trying to get to the the 50 units or that you were able to uh, get to. So I'd be curious, were there any quick little uh, nuggets of wisdom you might share about what kind of worked for you as you're growing that business? So, you know, I was working with my friend, you know, he was the founder of it. And I was like number two man on the, on the, on the, on the, any organization. And, uh, it was really just back then it was just working hard, working late, being, you know, following up quickly, being responsive, both to friend, you know, obviously you need to have happy franchisees, you know, you know, if you're going to trying to grow what you're doing, you got to keep the group that you have happy. So being very responsive to them, listening to them uh you know giving them guidance whether it's on the actual you know i actually wasn't helping them with the refinishing of the floors and learning that process but just on the back end because they would at least have to open their own office whether it was in home or outside the home you know how do they how do they do their calls you know you know my founder friend you know he created a manual that i reviewed and and helped you know to finalize before we were done and this is what they would you know the franchisees would use to help grow their business and, you know, you learn as you go. I mean, neither one of us, you know, he had run businesses his whole life, solopreneur, you know, just himself. And and I think he would have some, you know, employees, you know, helping, but not, you know, it was basically just him. He wasn't relying on anyone else to help him grow the business. So this was a new experience for him. And it was totally outside my, you know, I've always just worked for someone else up to that point. I'm never, you know, like trying to actually work for myself and to build something. And, and as you probably know, it's very exciting to be like given the opportunity to be able to grow something, you know, whether you're, you know, growing something just in your area, you know, and you're trying to grow your clientele base. Uh, and, you know, the biggest thing we learned is, you know, one of our mentors always say, you know, success leaves clues, you know, observe people, research people that have been successful doing it, whether it's in your model, you know, and franchise companies, you know, they'll show you, they'll teach you what other franchises have done using their model and the tips and tricks that they've used to grow their business. You know, we can either choose to listen to them and, and, and take them in and make them work for us. Or we can just like, oh, I know what I'm doing, you know, because I did, you know, we all kind of have that tendency sometimes, right. And listen and learn from others. And, and I think that's really the best thing that we can do no matter what we're trying to succeed in. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And I, I like, uh, I think it's incredible because here you are, you're growing this brand, you build it up to about 50 locations or 50 territories. Mm -hmm. And then you feel this, you, you feel what, you know, I refer to as kind of this calling to go another direction and <laughs> kind of go in a totally, you know, kind of 180. So I'd love to talk about uh, creating this nonprofit organization and creating this institution that really is changing the whole, making an, I shouldn't say changing, making an impact. It's making yes. an impact. And uh, I'd love for you to talk about that because I think a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, I can speak for myself too, have thought of may maybe one day I might want to do something like that. Maybe I thought start some kind of a, a charity or uh, some kind of an organization and you did it. So I'd love to hear your story and going down that pathway. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, as you know, there are many companies, for-profit companies that will open up, you know, a nonprofit, you know, sister, you know, to, to what they're doing that ties in with whatever they're doing somewhat. And they help to benefit, you know, different communities, you know, in their area. And, 
I have to tell you, when we first started out, it kind of, you know, we just kind of stumbled into it. it was, we have this book that we're going to put out. And I'll tell you, you know, a lot of times when you start out, you do things by brute force. You know, we reached out to over 6,000 musicians around the world asking if they had a story to share, you know, for the first book, you know, just by sheer numbers in order to try to get enough stories back that we thought, you know, were of the quality, inspiring enough to, to put in the book. Uh, and then, you know, you stumble sometimes when you start something and then that leads you to the next idea. Teach Music Week was led to the next idea. Kids Music Day would lead to us now doing our own instrument petting zoos year round in our Philadelphia region. And, and also sometimes we travel with that as well. Uh, but you kind of like you learn as you go. And I'm trying to remember what was the original question that you had. Yeah, yeah, just just <laughs> yeah, going you, off you track were, on you. No, no, this was perfect. This was exactly <laughs> it. You know, heading heading kind of how what got you into it, starting starting it, and uh, talking about what what they can do in it. Yeah. So you, so you you learn as you grow, and also you know look for guidance and help. You know, I had this big barrier was like you know. I had heard all these horror stories about starting a nonprofit and how difficult it is and the hoops you have to jump through. So I just kind of took that in. I'm like, all right, we're not going to, you know, we're just going to do this without having to go through that trouble. But, you know, as time went on, I realized, you know, what we're doing is a cause-based mission. You know, we really need to be a nonprofit to take to full advantage of what we can actually grow this and impact more people, more families. So, you know, we reached out, I think, to an, two accountants, an attorney, and maybe it might have been someone else. And we just really weren't getting the progress on getting it done. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm about getting it done. <laughs> if I've decided I want to do something, I want to get it done. And I don't want to go through too much pain <laughs> to get it done if possible. Uh, and for whatever reason, it wasn't working out. So I just put it out to the universe like, hey, you know, how did you all start your nonprofit? And one of our friends who runs another music related nonprofit out in Chicago, she said, well, I used this organization down in Florida, this company that basically does it for you. You know, they know how to stick the round peg in the round hole, the square peg in the square hole, and they'll walk you through it. And I'll tell you, Tom, from the time we filled out the application to the time we got the piece of paper from the IRS saying that you're good was a month. Wow. And I was like, oh, why didn't I do this like two years earlier? <laughs> <laughs> so we sometimes hesitate, you know, we let our fears get the best of us. Even when we know in our mind that you know this is really something we need to do, whether it's you know starting a nonprofit, be, being official in that way, or whatever it is we're trying to do in our business, you know, uh, have a you know regular payroll or whatever it is, we we try to shortcut and like oh I'm just going to do it this I don't want to say cheat way but easy way, I'm not going to do it the official professional way because you know I can get away with this, but you know if you're really trying to grow something, you need to do it you know really the best way possible you know learn from others reach out put it out to the universe and you'll get advice you'll get ideas and and i say always you know listen to your heart and your passion you know, for me it was i went back to music because that's just where my heart was i had no emotional connection with wooden floors i mean it was exciting growing something you know that's probably why i stayed as long as i did because to me it's just really exciting to grow something but i just knew that wasn't who i was uh, but, you know, through time, you know, I was able to finally stumble upon, oh, wait a minute, well, you know, what about using music to help other people? And that's when that's, I got all excited. I ran upstairs to tell my wife, you know, like I got her uh, cajoled into helping me out. She became my co-author, co-founder for the organization. And we're all in hook, line and sinker. <laughs> Yeah, that is all in for sure. That And Vincent, this is a great time for us to 
transition into the same questions we like to get to every guest before they go. So uh, we start with the misses, makes, and multipliers, and we start with a miss first. And is there a miss or two that maybe came along the way and something you learned from it? I tell you, the number one miss that I learned, Tom, was not staying on course with something long enough to really have it bear fruit. I mean, I had, you know, I would have to start having some success as a songwriter, have some success as an artist, have some success managing bands. But, you know, after a year or two, there'd be another shiny new opportunity or I'd have a different idea and I would move off of it, you know, and then, you know, it just started with the whole process over again. I did this for literally probably a couple of decades. And then finally, when I had this idea for what we're doing now, I'm like, you know what, I'm sticking with this to the end. <laughs> and and this is why it's paid off. It's now coming up on seven years that we've been building this. So the big miss is, you know, don't jump out of something too early. You know, if you have something and you really know it's the right thing, you know, stick with it, keep building on that success and you will eventually get to where you want to go. You know, don't, don't keep jumping at the next shiny new opportunity because once you build something up big enough, then you can start looking at other opportunities because then you'll have leverage and resources in order to do that. Yeah, uh, that's a great advice. And what about a what about a make or two? You've had some pretty exciting things you've already shared with us. Talk about a make and 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 something you took from that. Oh uh, well, we at one point, you know, we listened to one of our mentors and said, you know, you should really reach out to celebrities to see if they would back you somehow. So we started just kind of like with the book series and the stories, we started reaching out to managers, agents, publicists for hundreds of celebrities that we thought might be a good fit. And, you know, we started to get a trickle of responses. Uh, this, this is what we were asking them if they would like to be a kids music day ambassador, we could use their name and their image to help promote kids music day. And I'll tell you for a while, you weren't getting too many responses, just a few. And then the one thing that we learned along the way was another thing, you know, find mentors and listen to them. Uh, one of our favorite sayings now is silence never means no. Meaning if you're reaching out for something and people aren't writing you back and not calling you back, you have no idea what that means. It doesn't mean no. You know, it means they didn't get the message. The email went in their spam. They were busy when they read it. They liked the idea. got to think about it. They were on vacation, whatever it is, until they actually write you back and tell you something, you have no idea what they're thinking. Don't, don't answer for them in your own head. We had been reaching out to a particular artist for a number of years, initially from stories for the book series, and had never heard from any of their people, anything, silence, for like two, three years. And then, but we just kept reaching out for different things to the same people, same contacts for this one artist. And then one morning we got an email back that says, Julie Andrews would love to be a Kids Music Day ambassador. Wow. And we were like, you know, fall off our chair, like, oh my God, that's, that's incredible. <laughs> And that started the flood of many other artists saying, yes, you know, we, you know, if, if Julie Andrews has signed up for this, we're in, we're, we're good. So, you know, the make is, you know, to silence never means no. And to just keep trying, keep asking, you know, try a different approach. You know, if the front door doesn't work, try the side door. If that doesn't work to start digging a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. What an incredible story of just sticking with it. And you're right. She never, her people never wrote back and they never said no. It just, it, it, for whatever reason, maybe it, what, like you said, who knows? It just wasn't the right time or yep, timing, you know, opportunity was different. You just never know. Don't, 
don't put ideas in your head that you know these people aren't interested in at all in what you're doing. You just never know. This is, you get, it takes time to build these relationships, and really, that's just also what's, what it's all about: is slowly is building relationships, and you're know, seeing where you can help people, and then they can in turn help you. And and, and now having an really an iconic uh, personality and celebrity to help endorse specifically, especially for children and music. I mean, you, <laughs> I don't know if you could have landed a, a more ideal person than her to be a part of this. No, I can, I can think of none. And her and her daughter have been, you know, releasing children's books over the last several years. So she's very connected in with children's causes and children's music and, you know, helping children. So it was kind of ideal when we just came to her with just the right thing, you know, her people put it through to her and she said, yes. Yeah, a- absolutely. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Well, let's talk about a multiplier. Has there been a multiplier that you've used personally, professionally, as you've grown now several businesses and in, in doing what you do and maybe your career? I think the biggest multiplier, Tom, is is learning to listen to feedback and you know find mentors to help you, whether it's somebody you're paying for a coaching situation or, you know, you're reaching up to someone who's willing to mentor you on a once a month basis, whatever, and listen to their ideas, listen to their feedback, because we never would have grown pretty much all of this if we hadn't, you know, sought out mentors, listened to them, and, you know, slowly but surely putting in place, you know, pieces of their advice. So that's definitely something that I would say. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Vincent, the last question we like to ask every guest is what does success mean to you? To me, success means doing something you're happy doing and being able to impact people in the process, impact people's lives in a positive way in the process. If you're happy doing it and you're impacting people in a positive way, it's golden. Well, and as we kind of bring this to a conclusion, is there anything you are hoping to share or say that you haven't had a chance to get across yet? Any notes you had jotted down that you were hoping to say? Uh, well, you know, if there's anyone that is listening, they might have, uh, I can't remember all the folks that in Florida that helped us out, but if someone's interested in starting a nonprofit and they're interested in the people that helped them out, you know, reach out to us and we'll be happy to connect you. Uh, if anyone has a music story, you know, inspira- inspiring music story, whether it's a personal experience or something that they saw or heard about, we would love to hear it and possibly put it in our next 88 Ways Music Can Change Your Life book. Uh, and just anybody interested in learning, supporting, being involved in any way on the peripheral or otherwise about music education and advocacy, we would love to connect with you. Amazing. And how how can someone get in touch with you if they say, you know what, Vincent, I've always had a love and a passion for music. And if I can help kids find that same love and passion, I like the the what the mission you're you're on here. How can I get involved with it, whether that be financially or giving time? How can they reach out to you or your organization to get involved with this? Uh, the best way is just through the website. It would be uh, keepmusicalive.org.org. And you can also find this on all the social media platforms. Just put in Keep Music Alive, and we pretty much bubble up to the top. Vincent, thank you so much again for being on the show. I know I've mentioned it throughout our interview, but music has been a huge part of my life for my whole life. It's actually uh, what connected me to my now wife, and it's a part of... Uh, 
my children's life growing up. So thank you so much for what you continue to do to inspire children and adults as well to get involved with music and learning and because it's never too late. So let's go ahead and jump into today's three key takeaways. So takeaway number one is that success leaves clues. And I really think that's part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast is that success does leave clues. And that's what we're trying to get across with the Multiply Your Success podcast. Takeaway number two is he said his number one miss was that he didn't stay the course long enough until he had success. He talked about being a musician and trying that for a little bit and then stopping it and then on to the next thing and stopping before he had enough time for it to really accomplish the goal and success he was going for. And takeaway number three, when he talked about the multiplier and he said that listening to feedback and incorporating that feedback has been a huge gain for him, whether that's been through mentors, coaches, whomever he's been listening to. And now it's time for today's win-win. So today's win-win comes when Vincent said, silence never means no. And as the leader of your organization, I'm sure you've been in a situation where you've been reaching out to someone maybe a prospective customer or a client or a key vendor or maybe an endorser or maybe it was just a potentially great employee to bring into your company and you never heard back. And I love how Vincent said, stay the course, wait, because silence doesn't mean no. It just might mean not right now. And I just thought that was a great reminder that sometimes having that little bit of extra patience allowed him to bring Julie Andrews into his organization as a brand ambassador to support what he's doing. And then her joining opened up so many more additional opportunities. That's the episode today, folks. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast and give us a review. And remember, if you or anyone you know might be ready to franchise our business, please connect with us at BigSkyFranchiseTeam.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to having you back next week. 